my phone kept going off in my pocket. I was about 45 minutes into the gig and I answered it. I was like, who keeps calling me? Uh, and it was the bride saying, where are you? And I was like, what do you mean, where am I? I'm at, I'm at your wedding. You're not here yet, are you? I've been told you've been delayed. And she goes, no, no, we're, we're, we're here. And then it suddenly dawned on me that I was at the wrong wedding. Uh, and there were, <laughs> there were two weddings going on at the same venue. Technically, I blame the Toastmaster. Uh, however, he would probably blame me for rushing around like a madman to get to that gig. So I then the worst part was had to walk down the steps to a much smaller, more intimate wedding of about 20 people, all, you know, you know, having a good go, you know, going, oh, is that, you know, is that a real magic trick? Or, you know, all those annoying lines that they say and, you know, put the towel between my legs and um, get on with it. They're guys. They do magic. magic. They are the magic guys. Ladies and gentlemen, it's episode 132 of The Magic Guys, where we as professional magicians delve into the minds of other magicians, answer your questions, and all-around hangouts. To my left, I got Nick Kay. Hello, friends. Welcome to the show. (laughs) We really got to fix up the the speed of that. And Doug is away today. He's been having a crazy time online this week, Um, and we'll delve into that next week. But rest assured, he may even be in the comments. But today, don't worry, we've got another guest who's going to fill that spot with so much juice and uh, he's in a different time zone. But uh, Nick, how are you this week? I have, uh, I've been working a lot over the past few weeks. It's been really gnarly. I've had a lot of uh, university gigs because uh, they're taking a lot of enrollments now. And so there's lots of youth passing through all these universities and they're trying to be like, we're a university, we're hip, we're cool. And it's remarkable because... I'm at these gigs and people are lining up. And when I say lining up, I'm talking like lining up to get tickets to Taylor Swift. And I'm and I was like, oh, this must be like the line to register to to go do a thing. No, they're prizes. They're prizes. And I was like, I'm going, I went to the front of the line. I'm like, hang on a second, what is what is this? And they go, Well, what happens is they go to play netball. And if they get the ball in four times, then they get to win a prize. And I'm like, what's the prize? And he said, a water bottle and i went right he goes it's a 60 dollars water bottle and i'm like radio and so i just get and then another one it was like what's this i think it just spin a wheel and if i spin the wheel and it lands on on the thing they win a prize and i'm like it's amazing what people would line up for because i hate waiting in line like more yeah. than anything in the world like i really do like if there is it could be the most famous restaurant in the world if there's a line i'm like we are going somewhere else like i just not a fan the fact that like there's the something, the fact that there's something free, they're like, I'll do it. I'll stand in yeah. line. That that reminds me of when I was in the US and it was it happened to be Black Friday and we thought it'd be fun to go to the shops to see what that was like. And I was so startled that they were offering maybe like 20% off, 15% off in some shops. That isn't a crazy discount, but people were out the friggin' shopping center in a line just because it's that little saving you know dude i love me a discount don't get me wrong and if you use the uh discount code piper guys <laughs> on pipermagic.com day you, you get a discount and you don't even need to line up for any of your any and all of your of your magic purchases um <laughs> sick plug so Beautiful. i think i don't know about you guys but i'm more excited to hear from our guests thankfully you know with doug being away we've got an absolute superstar talent are we ready to announce oh yeah let's do it take it away nick 
So friends, some little while ago, we did a review of this amazing product released by this amazing creator. Not only a creator, but a real all-round worker hailing all the way from Kent in Great Britain. Please join us in welcoming the amazing Paul Fowler. There he is, ladies and gentlemen, in the flesh, on camera. Hello. Thank you for having me, guys. Really pleased to be here. Thank you so Paul. much for being here. I know that it's like it's very much late where you are, aren't you, Paul? Yeah, it's uh, it's five past midnight, but, you know, I'm on uh, I'm on coffee. I've been doing some video editing, so uh, I've managed to get some work done mm. and some admin. So uh, it's all good. It's all good. No worries at all. Thank you so for having me. And I must say, you know, I'm very envious. You're the you're the one guy we've had on lately that can wear a hat just for fashion, not just to you know mix up the the board look. So to cover their shame, unlike me, who's entirely shameless and shaved his head before coming on the show. Much appreciated. Uh, yeah, no, cool. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a hat guy as well. When I'm not working, when I'm not gigging, I really can't be bothered to you know style my hair, and it's uh, it's more of a pain in the Same. Same here. That's why I don't even bother with hair, man. Like that is it. I have two eyebrows, and I just do this, and I'm ready to do a gig. Problem solved. There you, go. you got good facial hair, so that you know that, that's that's also good a compliment. You know, it's good. It's compliment compliments the, uh, the the short hair you've got, Nick. So yeah, yeah that's all. I learned very recent recently that a beard is basically makeup for men. So I have a lot of makeup on. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's interesting a thoughts. Thing. So, Paul, in the UK, um, it's a little different to what we've experienced here in Australia where there are specific markets you can tap into. So, like, we kind of do it all over here, like a lot of corporate events, like both Nick and I, full-time corporate events, you know, then residencies, maybe like occasional weddings. At least for me, it's like definitely not in a majority percentage of the gigs I do. But, you know, in the UK, I've noticed there's quite different varieties of career you can go into in magic do you want to explain to them sort of what what uh what niche you do or do you do it all or what um gets your bread and butter as a yeah magician? yeah yeah of course um so uk market is 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 a good market for uh for professional magic um it's uh it's, it's very vast and you you know majority of magicians myself included i've been a full-time magician for about 10 years now probably a bit longer than that and um only up until recently i would essentially attack all the markets and you know work within all the markets that would be weddings i used to do a lot of weddings i'd be performing at maybe 80 90 weddings per year and then maybe another 100 or so events that would be corporate and parties that type of thing i'm predominantly an adult magician in a sense it's not really my style i'm terrible at performing for children it just isn't isn't what i do um it's a, i know it's a real skill but just not a skill i have so most of my work would, would would have been back in you know three four years ago would have been weddings parties and corporate events uh, i had twin daughters uh they just turned four last month and then my me and my wife sat down and said we need to make a few changes within within what i do as, as a magician 
um, because otherwise I'm never going to see them when they start school because I'll be working a lot of weekends. So I decided to pull back a bit from the, the wedding market uh, and the, the party market and then um, sort of push more on the corporate side of it, which led me into trade shows um, and, um, you know, nice big corporate events. The good, the, the good thing as well in, in the UK is that even the wedding market now is quite big midweek. So you can get quite a few weddings midweek. So I will still do weddings mm. um, and uh, parties as and when they come as and when they come in but most magicians will you know go after most most markets um i just sort of personally had to make some decisions to um to, to sort of need going to a bit more a bit more of a niche and is that when the the brand magician was born yeah so i so d- during covid but really pretty much before before covid happened and uh, we were all on lockdown here in the uk uh all of a sudden i lost like most magicians every single part of my income it was just gone overnight and i just watched all these gigs disappear off my crm uh and i didn't know what, what to do it was like a magic trick in itself you know just everything disappearing overnight and i couldn't couldn't do anything about it um so i very quickly realized i had to find a way and my thinking behind it was if i'm going to be a magician i've got to find an audience some way and there was a few of us in the uk particularly who started up doing virtual magic very early on um and the the beautiful thing about that was there wasn't anything that had come before that. So there wasn't any set trick you could do or any set pricing structure. It was literally just test the water and, and, and see what works. And um, throughout the period, it was a slow start, but eventually using some Google ads and things like that, I was one of the only people doing it in the UK. And I was getting, you know, 20 inquiries a day just through Google ads. And a lot of those were, were corporate. Yeah, it was it was pretty insane. Uh, and, and a lot of those were corporate inquiries that were coming to me direct as opposed to going to, you know, agencies or event companies and I was working for people like Google and um, ESPN Direct. And, of course, I knew that once COVID was over, if I could retain them, then there'd be an opportunity to then sell myself as a as a live magician. So in order to, I guess, have a bit more of a niche and to push on fees uh, as well as um, try and get more corporate work, because I realised I might not be going out as many days a week, so therefore I still need to make a similar or the same income as before COVID, but doing less days, I started to try and push more on the income side of thing and, you know, offering um, branded magic or bespoke magic and custom magic to corporate clients um, was was where it was at for me. And I've had some, you know, some really good success with it. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, I've kind of separated a little bit from, I've got two websites. I've got paulfowlermagic.co.uk, which is kind of my original main website. And I've now got a, a separate website for the corporate, which is the, the brandmagician.co.uk. I noticed that when I was uh, looking for, you know, an image for you and stuff like that, I was like, oh, there's, surely there's not two Paul Fowlers. I quickly checked. <laughs> but very much, you know, your photos look uh, on par. So, you know, you mentioned your your um, twin daughters are four years old. Yeah. Does that mean that they were born like just before COVID? Yeah. So they, they were born, um, it would have been about, I guess it would have been about nine, ten months before COVID. Um, so it was it was it was a pretty much unsettling time from that point onwards, you know, because the minute, yeah. minute I had kids, um, to, to go, I think I took like two weeks off paternity, which was unheard of as a full time magician, right? To take that amount of time off, so that in itself was unnerving, you know, asking, um, you know, 
other magician friends to cover gigs for me and, and, and that type of thing. Um, so I just got back up and running and sort of, you know, back into the, the swing of, 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 of working again. And then after Christmas, pretty much it would have been after Christmas 2020. Yeah, it would have been 2020. Um, it started to disappear. And I got away with a few gigs early on by offering a, a no contact solution, which was ridiculous when you think about it, you know, offering to do socially distanced magic. But I think we know, all tried that at some point yeah. yeah right and it was it wasn't easy it kind of defeated the object of being a magician but it did mean i could retain gigs for a little bit longer until eventually they, they all just they all just got taken from me and uh and everyone else unfortunately but you know it's done now isn't it hopefully that's that's it we've all we've all had covid and um well hopefully most of uh, your you guys are here so uh, I'm here yep. at the moment. At the moment. <laughs> that's right. That's how this. That's how this podcast started, Paul. It was like, how do we just do more stuff during all this downtime? So, yeah. but but hey, we're back. We're back to it now. I reckon when we had to do those socially distanced roving gigs, which are just bizarre, I reckon yeah. the invisible deck sales just went through the roof. You know, <laughs> that's all I can say. <laughs> yeah it was, it was it was weird it was a weird time but you know so was so was virtual magic to start off with but that was really where my, my creating came from because i'd always been interested in creating magic and very early on in in my career as a magician i'd been creating ideas but i never really had the confidence to do anything with them because i was so focused on paying the bills as a full-time magician so i had a system that worked so why would i deviate from it and then when that whole thing with covid happened with um, having to create a virtual show, as I said earlier, nothing had come before that. I physically had to create something and work it in and change it and adapt it. So when COVID ended and I realised, well, number one, I was actually going to have to travel to gigs again. I was a bit disappointed. Um, and, uh, and and number two, that I was going to be back doing the same five, six tricks for walk around again. I was a bit, you know, <laughs> a, a bit a bit bored with, with, with doing that and didn't want to do it. So I'd um, then decided to, uh, I'd, I'd had loads of ideas over the years, and I decided to, you know, run with some and set myself a bit of a goal that in uh, in twenty uh, twenty, forget what year it is, twenty twenty two would have been last year. So that was when I was like, I'm going to set myself a goal and and release a trick. And in the end, I actually ended up releasing four, uh, three tricks last year, one trick this year, and I've got you know other things on on the way as well. Did you happen what to see the- Nick's Nick's review of your of your effect? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, yeah. What Nick, did you yeah, think? Yeah, Nick, Nick did a great job of it. Yeah, it was a very professional, Nick. It was like I wrote the script for you myself and emailed it to you. Wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, by the way, but you know, it, it, that's exactly how I would have worded it. Just uh, if I was going to do that. Yeah. So, um, so a lot of people might not be aware of like the really clever stuff you've created, and, and from the stuff that I've been aware of, like I'm very aware of obviously Overdraft, which is a, a brilliant made gimmick, and as well as that, you have this effect called transaction. Yeah. Um, they don't know what it is. It's effectively a type of book test, but done with really innocuous receipts, like receipts that you could keep in your wallet and part of your everyday carry. Like, what inspired you to to like? How do you even? Is I'm so staggered by like how clever that is. So, yeah. So again, transaction was something that I'd come up with years. The, the concept for it years before, and I'd I'd been at walk around gigs uh and i've been like wouldn't it be cool because i you know i used to carry motherable book test pocket with me and make my pocket and do that but then i realized it's great but it might feel a bit random carrying a book around with me at some gigs so i was like would it be cool if i could just have you know what, what would i carry on me that would have 
words or, or something on that could do that. And I was like, it'd be cool to build it into some receipts and then it'd be really organic. Um, the, the, and eventually I decided that I was going to, I was going to run with it. Um, I got in touch with some magic theaters and I, you know, I got a lot of offers come back very quickly. And then at that point I realized it was probably something that, you know, people were, were, were going to enjoy. Uh, but the real challenge with that, that particular trick was how do you take something that has, I don't know, a hundred pages, uh, you know, 200 words per page, um, where as if somebody, you know, gives you a piece of information, there's no conceivable way that even if they give you a little piece of information, you could apparently know what that word is. How do you then apply that to receipts where there's a limited uh, number of words or letters on on those receipts and still make it strong? So mm. what I did was um, myself and Saturn Magic, who we released it with, we, we, we developed, developed the hell out of it and we... Um, we, we made it so it had a really, really uh, covered method that had all these different things going on that would essentially make it impossible to, to backtrack. Even if someone had an idea or a feeling of how it could work, everything would kind of cancel each other out. So in the end, we had this, you know, this really cool method that, that I was very pleased with. And, um, and yeah, it, um, it ended up being a popular release. Uh, you know, Craig Petty is a, is a friend of mine and, and Craig Petty, he'd done an interview with me over on overdraft. Um, uh, not long, not long after it had come out. And uh, afterwards he was asking me what else I'd come out. And I mentioned I had a receipt thing coming out and he went, well, I've got a receipt thing coming out as well. And we sort of oh, showed, no. <laughs> we showed each other the trailers uh, and he showed me the trailer obviously for ED seat at the time. And um, we were like, all right, well, look, it's not, it's not a problem. They're, they're, they're different methods. They are, they've got a lot of similarities, but you know, so of all card tricks and all tricks with keys and, and that type of thing. And um, we, we, you know, we're very, very happy with each other's methods. And in fairness to Craig, Craig kind of held his back for a little while as well so that I could, you know, get mine out in the market, which was really good of him to do that um, because I understand that Craig is a big, big name in magic. And had he chosen just to, you know, release that the next day, it would have essentially killed transactions. So, um, you know, Craig, you know, Craig did me a favor in, in that respect and I'm pleased with it. So, um, so yeah, that is transaction. Um, it's uh, you it's, it's, a, it's a fun trick to perform and it's got a, it's got a fun puzzle element to it because um at the end i um i'll say something silly to somebody like um you know uh i i don't know how familiar you are with, with the trick but it uses a barcode i draw a barcode on a business card and then it apparently tells me the information um of the item up there and the price of the item that they're thinking of and then I leave them with the business card at the end and I say, don't worry, if you put it in the freezer or leave it in direct sunlight, you will find out how it works. And, you know, I had this vision of people going home and putting it in the freezer and then taking it out a day later and going, oh, that magician, he was lying. It doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> you know, and so it was it was all that kind of puzzle element to it that really excited me about, about transaction. So, yeah, that was transaction. So you mentioned there's a few more new things coming along. Is there anything that you're willing to just sort of share, you know, like here and just just to just to get our appetites going and for us to like keep an eye on what you're like what what we have coming yeah so um uh very quickly i also released uh this with alakazam magic not long ago this is footwear this is uh out on the market now it is um 
it's a card reveal built into a pair of socks, um, but it also has a card to impossible impossible location built into it as well. So it's kind of a two-phase um, sort of thing, um, available in two versions. You've got like black formal version for gigs and then a, a very funky version as well. Um, that's already out. In the future, uh, I've got something coming out with Penguin Magic, which is I can't give really much information about it at this point, but I can tell you that it's, it's an EDC. And if you like Overdraft, and um, things like transaction, you, you're going to really, really like this. It is something that is examinable before and afterwards and happens in a spectator's hands. So there, that's a bit cryptic, but that is uh, probably as much info as I can give you. I've I think I'm baited just by that alone, knowing that you guys like everyday carry stuff is something that's super exciting. And I think that because we are constantly expected to be magical nonstop, um, yeah, the very fact that it is an everyday carry. I think, yeah, you, you got us hooked already. Like, we're, I'm ready to bite down on that hook and make that purchase. Yeah. So, I should yeah. start a pre-order list for a trip that hasn't even been, hasn't even been put out yet. Yeah. How, <laughs> how long before we see that one, Paul? Yeah, so I, I spoke to Penguin uh, a couple of weeks ago, and they're thinking it's going to be early next year, probably okay. around Blackpool time. So, um maybe February, maybe it might be a bit earlier. Um, it just depends. You know, they, um, I understand they've got, you know, lots of, yeah. lots of things they have to get out, but yeah, hopefully six months or, or less. Yeah. Well, this is kind of just, you know, the fact that you're releasing products of this nature that are everyday carry, like really for me solidifies like the fact that you are a worker and you do a lot of this stuff. So I understand that you actually have the trade show training. You know what I mean? Like what are you to expect in that training course? Like, because, the trade show market here isn't the easiest one to get into. Yeah. And I know that you do offer this this course. Like, should you come aboard, what do you get to walk, what do you walk away with? What kind of knowledge are we expecting here? How how, how much information is in there? How long does it take to complete? Tell me everything. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. So um so I'm I'm self-releasing a trade show masterclass. Everything's been filmed. Um it's pretty much edited. It will be going live on um, anyone who's on my ma mailing list soon and will eventually go on to my, my shop, which will launch early September. Um, and it is an introduction into how to, well, what is a trade show magician, how to become a trade show magician, i.e. how to get the gigs, um, giving you, you know, methods of tried and tested methods of actually getting the work. Then it's going to run you through what tricks to perform, original trade show routines that I've created, how to brand, how to upsell, um, what to wear um, for, for the client and how to get rebooked. So it is literally, you know, a, a, an A to Z of how to be a trade show magician. Uh, you know, I, I think I said to you before we, we came on air that there's not a week that goes by because I'm very very well known in the UK as a trade show magician is not a week that goes by where somebody doesn't message me about how to get trade show gigs or can I have some information on trade shows. So I wanted to put everything together in one place. Uh, it's, it's a premium product because the trade show market is a, is a, is a good lucrative market to get into. So what you're making is you're going to be making an investment in, in yourself. If you, if you do, um, you know, decide to, you know, buy the buy the masterclass but it's something that has the ability to essentially change your career like it has mine because when my my kids were born it was when i decided to develop that system as a trade show magician um because i knew that i'd be doing a lot if i could get into it, i'd be doing a lot of midweek trade shows and it could essentially you know 
cover most of most of my year which which, which it has so um so yeah you you can expect literally with no trade show experience to end it's 90 minutes long um i know that because i finished the editing today um it's 90 minutes long um and um you can expect to leave it and literally go out and be ready to you know get trade shows and know know exactly what to do and that and that's the the key point you just said then was that you're doing midweek trade shows and if anyone's been trying to do magic full time and just sort of hit the capacity of the amount of gigs you can fit in on a weekend, at one point I had to sit back and go, okay, where are people during the week where I can do more gigs? And that is one of the very valid solutions. Or if you wanted more balanced life, like you were saying, and you don't want to be running around every weekend, it's also another valuable place to go. Not to mention companies will pay a lot of money for someone who's going to attract potential new sales to their company rather than just being there for the sake of entertaining. Like it's a, it is a very different beast, which is why you need to be taught the ropes like Paul's um, course is going to be doing. Um, and Paul mentioned that you can uh, join the mailing list to be to get access to that before the shop's actually put up. And we have that link in the description below. So if you do want to have access to that as soon as possible, you can enter that uh, right now. Um, maybe wait till after the pod, but you can do that um, because he's edited it now, he said. So it'll be up there. Uh, <clears throat> when, when, when did you say you are going to release that to the mailing list? So uh, so it will go on the shop, my, my, my Shopify um, shop. It will go on in September as like a, a, a product. But, you know, anybody that emails me about it, um, it'll be it'll be ready in probably the next week. So anybody that emails me can you know get early access to that. That's no problem. And it's it's very true what you said that the trade show market is you know very very hard to get into, and it's hard to get into. It. And exactly for, for the reason you said is that it's it's very different to what you're currently doing. All right, you aren't you are booked as a magician, but you're not in in a way right you're actually booked as somebody who needs to generate leads and if that client isn't going to get anything from you long term the chances of you getting rebooked are very slim so that's why it's important to learn the system um and uh, you know like you say fill your 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 diary and um, also if you do join the mailing list as well uh, i've put together a free streaming trick absolutely free of charge to so anybody that joins the mailing list it will be coming out to you in the next, you know, 48 hours. Anybody that joins the mailing list, you'll get a link to um, a free trick of mine um, that you can, you know, use and, and have fun with as well as a thank you for joining. Nice. Man, how do you even have time to do gigs when you're creating products as well? And, and, and have kids. And yeah, it's tough. That, that you know that that's that's the hardest thing about being a, a magician dad, right? Is finding finding a balance. Um, and uh, I haven't got it quite right yet, but um, it's you know I'm not sure. I'm not sure you, in any job you have can ever get that balance right. But you know you, you kind of do do what you can and uh, try and find hours of the day like uh, half past midnight. You know is uh, <laughs> is a good, is a good hour of the day to get things done. I think behind every great married magician must be a great, great partner to back in them is what I think. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've dated so many girls. Like I've had, I've dated girls where I've said, like, we've been together for six months. You live here or you basically live here. Like, you're always here. How often do you see me practice? They're like, never. And I'm like, yeah. How about some space? <laughs> yeah. <work>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my yeah. wife is like the, 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 the best, like, 
the the, the most soul destroying critic in the world because she has no filter and to the point mm. where I would literally be I could literally almost cry at times where I've been like rehearsing something or working on something and she'd turn around and go, Yeah, it's not that not that good. She won't she won't really watch my magic anymore. I've been with her like sixteen years, so so a long time. And uh, she won't even watch my magic anymore. You know, I'll say, um, you know, can can you pick a card? And she'll say, leave me alone, you weirdo. I'm in the shower. You know, stuff like that. You know, it's it's, it's stuff like that. So I don't even bother now. I just, uh, I just, uh, you know, tell her that I've had a, done a gig and funny stories that happen. And, you know, that Were you What's a it? professional magician before you guys met? Or did that happen during? No, so I, uh, so my background is I was an electrician when I when I left school and um, had various different sort of engineer roles and that type of thing, uh, and I I was doing magic on the side. Um, actually, no, I wasn't. I met her. We had a holiday in Florida, like a vacation in Florida, and we went to a, a venue on International Drive called Wonderworks, and it was like this this dinner show they did, and it was a magic one. And I'd done magic at college to friends and kind of lost interest over the years. Um, but uh, I still knew some basic slight hand and that, and that kind of thing. And there was a magician doing some stuff on stage. Um, and I was like, oh, this is really cool. And I was at a point in my life where I was looking for a little side hustle as well because I wasn't work earning as much as like an apprentice um, at that time in my life. So I was looking for a side hustle. And um, I, so she was with me when I sort of got back into magic up until um, – until now so yeah it's um i, I would have loved to have you know been a single guy when i was at this point i guess being a magician because i just think of all the tricks i could have done um they probably wouldn't have worked and i probably would have got maybe punched in the face quite a lot of times but um <laughs> nick i don't know you, you seem to be you may be an expert I, I don't i don't know the situation I, well, you know is this does it work in the real world <laughs> well nick k here is our expert single guy um <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, look, you got, you know, it's kind of weird and it all sounds awful to say, but you can end up in relationships where people truly drop you from your dreams and your progress through the need of, you know, wanting someone who's going to be there. And I think it's one of the reasons why I'm still at 38 years of age uh, single, because it's so difficult when you typically meet a lovely lawyer, doctor, girl, person, partner, whatever they're doing, and they work in a nine to five 90% of the time. And you, they want to have nice weekends with you. But it's like, I I work on weekends and that's when I make my money. And they're like, oh, but if I give you enough notice, I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, why don't you take some time off? Because you get paid leave and we'll go midweek where we don't have to worry about waiting in lines. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, you just just t- uh, just take the gig, you know, just take the gig. And if we, we end up having to do something near the time, just get rid of that gig. Yeah, and yeah. it's like it's like well, number one, I can't really do that for it's it's difficult to do that. Number two, then I'm literally throwing money away, you know. So it's mm. it's, it's it's very very difficult to like you say get that that balance mm. right. Luckily, my wife, um, we, we've got children now, and she she has her own her own business, so she you know has it works her own hours, so that that isn't a problem any anymore. But um, uh, again, I try and uh, take weekends off. I actually. Um, I met a guy named Paul Brook, who some of you might have heard of. Uh, who, Paul. Again, yeah, Paul Brook. So I met Paul Brook at a trade show years ago, and he kind of planted the seed for me uh, a little bit. He said to me, I haven't worked Christmases, Paul. He said, I haven't worked Christmases for about 10 years. And I went, why? He goes, because I own enough throughout the year to take December off with my family. And that, that, just, that just, yeah, that just planted the seed for me. And I was like, oh, that must be amazing to be able to do that. So I started to... 
a couple of years ago, um, was it before or after COVID? It would have been after COVID. I started to trial it just in December because I knew I was going to be busy and I just took weekends off in December. And I actually ended up, you know, um, making as much money because I could still um, offer out my magic friends to clients at the weekends and earn a little bit of commission on it, right? So um, so it ended up being good. And then eventually wanted to, my wife thought it was going to be forever. And she went, yeah, just do it all the time. <laughs> we go from four like, weeks to 52 I'm weeks. Really- I literally make a third of what I make all year during the Christmas period. Like, I, I my birthday is December third. I haven't had a birthday in fifteen years. That's like a prime date. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I literally. You know how fun it is when you walk in front of four hundred people at a corporate and be like, "Welcome, everybody! It's my birthday!" And they just go, Rah! "Like it's the best." And then you go like, "We're celebrating. You're celebrating. Let's have a great night." And we have a great night. And they're like, "Stick around. We're getting you shots." And I'm like, "Yeah, you are." And it just becomes a thing. So I always Uber to gigs on my birthday is ultimately what I'm saying. Well, oh, yeah. What's great about that is every year you can pretend like that's your birthday party. Like just take a selfie with everyone in the background. Oh, yeah, and eventually, Look at eventually, all my people, eventually people will realize, why does he have new friends every year? <laughs> you know? You know, I, I, have a, I have a magician friend who uh, years ago was, uh, was ill for a wedding on the day of the wedding. And um, he couldn't help it. He was he, he was very ill, and he asked me to cover uh, last minute, like on the morning of the wedding. It was my birthday, and I, you know, every ounce of me didn't want to do it, but I went and did it anyway. And I was all like, you know, I'll just, you know, I'll just have my cake later on on my own. Don't worry, mm. I'll just, just open my presents on my own. It's not a problem. I was I was up for it, and then I got to the wedding, and the bride and groom were really annoyed, and they took their frustrations out on me. <clears throat> and I think I ended up saying, don't go easy on me. I'm a, uh, it's my birthday. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just helping you out. You know? <laughs> so it's really funny. It's that, it's that equivalent of like, it's my first day. Give me a break. Like I can totally appreciate yeah, where that's coming yeah. from. So good. It's, yeah, which is kind of funny. It kind of leads us into like a bunch of gig story stuff. But you were saying that as well as trade shows, that weddings. It's kind of interesting that people just like it's like ninety percent of their work. You know. How much of a percentage is your trade show work? Because it seems to me like it's basically your exorbitant amount. Like I'm looking at your page and the way you brand yourself. I think that like to ask you to do a private function would be such a rarity compared to the rest of what you do. Now, is that because you prefer doing trade shows or you prefer, you know, like is it a matter of preference or you just going where the money goes to provide for the family? The so trade shows in the UK are, are seasonal, so they tend to run from um, you know March to the to the end of July, and then they pick up again in September till sort of the end of November. So um, during those periods, you know it's it, uh, it, it's it's pretty normal for me to be at a trade show or two trade shows every week, every other week. You know, so uh, and some of these trade shows might be like two or three days long here in the UK. So uh, you know, it's a lot of trade show days. It is hard work, as as you'll know, Nick. Working on trade show stands is 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 hard. It's very hard work. It's hard graft. It's not for everybody, and it can be very very repetitive. But financially, it's 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 very rewarding. Uh, but because it's seasonal here in in the UK, 
you do get a break from it for a little while as well. And then you can kind of ramp up the other, you know, revenue streams of, you know, parties and that sort of type of thing. But to answer your question, yeah, I don't do as many private parties. I've done a few over the last um, month or so, six weeks, because, you know, trade shows and corporates here in the UK are a little bit quieter over the summer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you do get some, like, you know, summer barbecues and, and that type of thing. Um, but they're not as there's not as many they tend to start up again in september so um so yeah so um but i don't do as many private parties as what you say and it's not that i don't enjoy them because some of the uh the, the gigs i've learned the most on have you know been those ones where you turn up where someone's saying i've got 80 guests and you turn up and there's eight people right yeah <laughs> you're, booked, you're booked for two hours and you're like right what what, what am i gonna do so um uh you you, you find a way right because you're 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 essentially in the trenches and on the back foot and you have to you know work it out and that's i guess what being a professional is is about you know when things don't go to plan what do you do so yeah i do enjoy them i enjoy trade shows as well i think i got to a point um where i was doing so many weddings years ago that um i I wanted to take a little bit of a break from them because i was doing so many of them you know i like i said i was doing about 80 or 80 a year which which was a lot and um, I don't do anywhere near that anymore. And I, I really enjoy them again. But it, it was just at a point where I was doing so many of them and they were all sort of blending into one. I'd, I'd even, you know, I'd, I'd hear from a couple or see a couple out and about and I wouldn't even remember them. That's how, you know, what it, what it was like. And I didn't want to be like that. So it was, um, it was nice to take a break from them. And I'm back in, back really enjoying performing, you know, pretty much every event now. Um, that, that, that I do so uh, so yeah I don't, I don't do many restaurants here in the UK um, residencies um, tend to be lower paid work here in in the UK however when I first started out that was how I kind of cut my teeth in the industry um, and the, the frustrating thing here in the UK is you can get to a point and I've done it many times where you get a residency you go for all the efforts of trial nights and, and that type of thing and then two months later that manager leaves and then you're back to square one over and over again, right? So um, they're also if – I, if I, I don't live in London. If I lived in London, I think I'd probably be a bit more inclined to, 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 to work that market a little bit more because I'd have a lot more restaurants on my doorstep. Um, and I know magicians who do very, very well out of um, out of restaurants here in the UK. But, but for me, luckily, because the corporate stuff and trade shows are, are rife, I don't necessarily need to at, at, at this point. Yeah, I think with all this talk of like all the different types of gigs we do, we probably have some cool stories to tell about at least one or two of these gigs. Josh, why do you say we run into a gig story? So gig stories are just little moments of magic either while doing gigs or just in our day-to-day life that we want to share with you guys, our audience, for posterity. Starting with this week, Paul, any cool gig stories that come to mind? So Give us something it, juicy or crazy or, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, well, it's not – well, it is crazy and it's um, almost gut-wrenching to tell, but, you know, it definitely did happen. And that is, um, as I said, I used to do a lot of weddings. And at one point I was doing sometimes, not on all occasions, sometimes if I could squeeze them in, I would do three weddings a day. So I might get, you know, two hours – two hours and if I could squeeze it in three like maybe like two three and then maybe an hour and a half somewhere along the way so and I was at a point where I was rushing backwards and forwards all the time and I got to the uh the second wedding I 
another one after that as well. And I said hello to the the Toastmaster, the the MC at, at this particular wedding, and he went, "Yep, wedding's up there." Went up there, started performing. Crab were were, were loving it, doing the you know the, the regular acts that that type of thing. And then my phone kept going off in my pocket. I was about forty five minutes into the gig, and I answered it. I was like, "Who keeps calling me?" Uh, and it was the bride saying, "Where are you?" And I was like, "What do you mean, where am I? I'm at, I'm at your wedding. You're not here yet, are you? I've been told you've been delayed." And she goes, "No, no, we're we're, we're here." And then it suddenly dawned on me that I was at the wrong wedding. Uh, and there, were, <laughs> there were two weddings going on at the same venue. Technically, I blame the Toastmaster. Uh, however, he would probably blame me for rushing around like a madman to get to that gig. So I then the worst part was had to walk down the steps to a much smaller, more intimate wedding of about 20 people, all, you know, you know, having a good go, you know, going, oh, is that, you know, is that a real magic trick? Or, you know, all those uh, annoying lines that they say and, you know, put the towel between my legs and um, get on with it. Luckily, the, the couple were okay about it, but I did have to refund them part of the fee. And the reason that's an important story uh, for me is it taught me a lesson, and that's just to take your foot off the gas from time to time and actually process what's going on around you, right? Because, um, uh, because yeah, anything can happen. And um, not a crazy story, but a weird story, which I'm sure you guys will appreciate. It happened to me a couple of weeks ago at a corporate event. I was performing Extreme Burn, and just as I activated the gimmick, I squashed a fly in the gimmick. How about that? That's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? And <laughs> so it actually became a disappearing fly trick for a second for the audience as well. And then when I reset it, I had to, you know, clean up the clean up the uh, the, the gimmick. But you know that that happened literally a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> but it is. Jeez. Of all the time to do it, that fly, you know, made a very bad mistake trying to ruin my my trick. Uh, it didn't work. Hey, cool gimmick. How does that work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like that old paddle trick that used to have the flies on there, right? That used to get in like magic sets where it used to multiply, oh. but it was actually for real. <laughs> That's so, yeah. very funny. Wow. Um, I'm reminded of a story my myself. Uh I was doing a it was the it was one of my least favorite gigs I've done. I had to dress up. I don't love dressing up, but I had this client who I absolutely love. Okay. They're called Applause Entertainment. Both myself and Josh have worked for them. Josh, you've dressed up as the um, android magician and you basically have to sit and make up for like a couple of hours and like paint your face up and whatever else. But I had to do this gig where I had to dress up like a spaceman, but a spaceman that looked like just... I had to wear like this hat that had like boobs on it. And then I had to wear like these stupid thin glasses. And I just felt ridiculous. It was like this skirt, like a silver thing with a hula hoop in it. And I had to perform in that. And, you know, being a magician with package management, like I got my, my signature pieces I want to perform. But anyway, I dress like a moron. I'm one of the busiest part of, parts of town, which is Chapel Street here. And that's like a very wealthy part of town, like all the rich folk go to. And so I had to park several blocks away and then walk up Chapel Street looking like this to get to a really fancy high-end cocktail bar that this person had done a lockout. Like they've bought the whole venue for the night. And it was supposed to be, like you said, 80 people. I rock up, there's eight. There's eight people. No one's there. Nobody is there. There's myself. We've got these girls on stilts. We've got people. We're all dressed in like neon lights, and it's a it's a brilliant gig. The the like the food platters and everything is just like phenomenal. The grazing plates is so gorgeous, so done so well. But eight people rock up. There was so little amount of people there that even the birthday girl wasn't even there. 
at her own party. She rocked up to the gig as my set had finished. I was there for two hours with eight people. That's rough. I rock up as she's leaving, but this, it gets better. She rocks up out of an Uber and I'm going to do my very best to describe what she was wearing, but I, what she wasn't wearing. Have you ever seen those models go up and down the catwalk, but they just have stickers on them? Yes. Uh, well, um, yeah, I, I kind of want to. So, yeah, I can yeah. imagine what it would, it would be like. Yeah. <laughs> they just – they don't have clothes. They just have stickers on their body covering parts of themselves. That's how she rocked up to this party. That's how she rocked up to this party. Like, she rocked up – there was – of the eight people, there was grandparents. There was a couple of grandparents there. Yeah. At the school's 30th. Yeah. Lucky it wasn't them in that outfit, 100%, but it was just, (laughs) that was it. Like she just rocked up wearing nothing and she liked to hug a lot, which made me super uncomfortable. And I stuck around for an extra 10 minutes just so she knew that she saw Mr. Magic who she'd paid and hired for. And then I did my set, grabbed my stuff, and I basically ran home. But that was just one of those interesting gigs that you expect a lot of people to come to and no one's there. And the birthday girl rocks up wearing next to nothing and is late to her own party. Strange. Well, I I made it. Yeah. It it never astounds us the things that happen. And last week I had one event, which was covering one of the residencies that Amigan Entertainment uh, cover, which is run by Nick and, Nathan Hedger. And um, this event was at a residency for three hours. And my God, I don't know how you rode for three hours. I think I'm too old for that now. But alas, I did this gig. And um, I made the very vital error of um, letting a girl show me a trick when she said, oh, I know a card trick. Can I show you? I'm like, sure. So she takes the cards, immediately puts them on the wet table. And now the cards are dead. But it's, you know, I keep an extra deck. That's okay. And I go, uh, because there was a group of people around her. So I'm like, you know what? As long as it looks like people, as long as people are having fun, like that's the main thing. They can show me a trick, whatever. And I go, do you need the whole deck? And she goes, no, I only need 21 cards. (laughs) So now she starts, she proceeds to show me the 21 card trick. And uh, which she hasn't done for since she was 12. She tells me near the end of this trick. So, of course, what happens is there's a very long procedure for this trick. She gets quite to the very, very end. And then she goes, damn it, I think I've messed this up because I haven't done this for like eight years. Wait, wait, let me start again. But at this point, all the cards are just like sloppy, sloppy Joes. Like there's just... There's no way I'm sitting through that again. So I just go, look, you can just keep this. And I just kind of collect all the cards and just kind of plop it in a, in a open hand. And I just show them one very quick trick. I go, how about I try one? And then I let her keep those. I run away. But it's been a while since I've, because um, recently, every now and then someone will say, oh, can I show you a trick? And it usually is something like fairly decent. Like I think these days, People are seeing like as a party trick, kind of okay things, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I made the vital error and had to sit through that. And yeah, 
Occasionally, you can use that for your advantage, though, right? If you get one of those gigs where uh, there isn't uh, many people there, you can actually ask them to do that trick and then intentionally count 20 cards off for them so they get it wrong just to waste more time. You know, so uh, I'm not saying yeah. I've done that. Maybe maybe I have, maybe I haven't. But, you know, that's a way yeah. to get out of one of those gigs and go, no, take your time, don't worry, you know, try again. We've got plenty of time. Or just yeah, slip yeah. a duplicate in there or... Um, <laughs> Yeah, or Elmsley count so that they see 21. Yeah, <laughs> One thing yeah. I like to do, I like to uh, say, like, can I do a trick? And I go, your hands clean? And they're like, yeah, I go, show me. And I'm like, eh, go wash your hands. Like I send them to wash their hands. And if they go wash their hands, I'll let, I'll let them do a trick. Yeah. That's, and I go like, that's- whoa. It makes sense. It's like, I don't want you touching my grubby cards because like you're going to touch, everyone's going to touch these. Like my hands are clean. I don't like everyone touching them. When I have a card chosen, I have them say stop and I, I dribble and I show and I, I hold the cards i keep the cards from being touched by everyone and i think that, that people pretty, are sort of like, right like they're accustomed that to pretty, that because of mm. because of covid and stuff so it kind of makes sense to have that little bit of distance and if their hands are grubby like no go wash your hands you can do the trick that's the deal and they're like go wash your hands Gavin. no don't worry about it then you know like it's just a nice way to diffuse the situation that's pretty yeah. weird nick I gotta yeah. say, yeah, you know, that's each to their own, mate. You know, you can do what you want. That's uh, up, up to you. I mean, that's just thing. You can have like a gag. You can actually have like an intentional pack of cards in your pocket that is really rough, and beaten up, and dirt all over it, right, and scuffed up. And then someone goes, "Show me a trick," and you go to hand them your cards. Go, actually, no. And then you give them this really old beaten up deck and go, "There you go, knock yourself out." <laughs> and then uh, that's and funny. Then, that's funny. yeah. So then they uh, then they go, "No, I don't want them now." You go, well, be quiet. Then. Watch the trick. Or maybe they're all stuck together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, Someone yeah. asked a question for you, Paul. Yeah. From Tim Askin, what is your favourite trick? Uh, in terms of the trick that I, I perform, probably my favourite trick is Twenty um, First Century Phantom by Oz Perlman. Um, it's how I close pretty much every table um, in like a banquet banquet situation. So um, uh, I make my own gimmicks up for it now so I've, I've done that for many many years so i've got lots of different reveals for it but that's probably my my favorite trick um it's it's just a great trick it ticks all the boxes blends kind of art with magic and it gives the 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 audience a, a giveaway that they they do keep as well so that yeah that, that's that's probably my my favorite trick um what's yours josh oh man good question i mean if we're talking if we're talking uh would you do that in roving or this is what you're doing in um, trade you can, show? Uh, no, so you can do it in like walk around and roaming, but I would do it like around mm. tables, you know, so like, um, you know, corporate banquet, you know, as a closer to tables. I wouldn't do it at, at trade shows, but, um, but yeah. Yeah, 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 gotcha. I mean, currently the thing that I'm just obsessed with is um, mnemonica work. Okay. Like stuff with yeah. mnemonica. Trying to be as hands-off and miracle moments as possible. So it... It's not the most visual because it's very cerebral type magic. But yeah, if I if I'm so when I go to a gig and there's like less than twenty people there, that's the kind of stuff I can do. That like, well, they'll sit and watch, and it goes for a while. Like it sort of builds, and you can do multiple different things. Um, yeah, and how's the mnemonic working out for you? Have you got it all memorized and uh, and, and all right? Are you using a crib? No, no. So I mean, this is not a new thing for me. I mean, I, okay. I think I've been learning you know, working on this for like eight years or something like that. So if you're familiar with mnemonicosis, that's the the thing that that I am most fascinated with and and sort of make myself do it every chance I get when I'm doing that 
style of effect. So the idea of them holding the deck, them naming whatever card they want, and then being able to get to their own card um, fascinates me. So, Yeah, it's something I don't do. It's something I've been very interested to learn for a while, but I just haven't really ever found the time to get around to do it. Um, but it's something I would like to learn in, in the future. I mean, I, I mean, that's just the same with uh, you creating effects. It's something I would love to do, but maybe I'll do in the future. But <laughs> I yeah. love that, uh, that you're able to do that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, so it's something that I, I've always enjoyed doing, but a lot of it was just having the confidence to then put those tricks out. And, um, and uh, you know, luckily things have been well received and uh, it's been mm. So, yeah, no, glad people are enjoying them. When you when you first when you first started, Paul, um, I think this is this is great advice for magicians watching this that might want to try to make a living from magic. Yeah, like you mentioned that you started with some residencies and restaurants, but like, what was kind of the process of you being able to leave your electrician job to doing pursuing magic full time? So I, I, when I actually left uh, full-time employment, I was actually working in sales. Um, and the reason I kind of moved into that job was because I'd been doing magic on the side and I wanted to um, learn how to sell my magic business um, and get, get more gigs. So I'd had enough of being an engineer for, you know, eight, nine years or whatever I was doing. And I wanted an office job, which I hated, if I'm being honest. Um, but it did give me some skills to... Uh, that, that I was able to learn, which I now use even 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 today. But um, what actually happened was I was uh, I'd only been there a short time actually, and everything had gone really well. I'd actually talked myself with no sales experience other than selling magic into this you know what we call them business development roles here in, in the UK, and um, and I was lucky to get that job. And I got on very well with the boss. I was kind of taken under his wing and he was teaching me a lot of sales techniques and, and that sort of thing. And then he said to me one day, um, we've got a training session up in Birmingham in the UK, which is about a three hour drive from, from where I live. So you have to kind of stay overnight. It's a two day training course. And I said, yeah, I can't go. I said, I've got a gig in the evening, which they did know that I was a magician, uh, but instantly everything changed, you know, because now they saw this thing that I did as something impacting them. So ever since then, they kind of, they were, they, I was treated very differently and I got the kind of feeling that I might be on the way out because they, my face wasn't quite fitting within that company anymore. So I spoke to my, my, my girlfriend, my wife now, but I spoke to my girlfriend at the time and, um, and said, you know, this is going to happen. So I've got a choice now. I'm, I can either go and get another sales job and go for this same three month Mm. process again um i've been at the sales job for longer than three months but you know typically most sales jobs you get three to six months to, to prove yourself or i can actually have a go um i was doing a lot of wedding fairs at the time uh and i was getting pretty good at them where i was getting you know confirmed bookings on the day um so even just from the deposits you know i was getting enough to you know pay the mortgage and, and that type of thing but i would have run out of money very quick so i kind of wrote a business plan a very basic sort of three-page business plan and um handed in my notice and yeah never looked back really it was uh it was um something that was a bit of a bold move. It, 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 a lot of people said it was a bold move but and it, now I look back it was but to me at the time there was never anything else that could happen it was something that I knew I had to make work so um I, I never really had any doubt in my mind it wasn't going to work just everybody else did um but luckily I just ignored them and um you know proved proved them wrong yeah I mean it sounds like because now, the, you know, the way you were talking earlier about how you're doing too many weddings, you want to have a break from gigs, so many gigs, you know, that's like, 
we're in fairyland, you know, like the th- I think the three of us are in this fortunate position where we're in the flow state of events, you know, like yeah, yeah. it's not a question, but I do remember how tough and just inconceivable it is at the start when you're just like, how do I even do that? You know? So I think one important thing you just said is you started doing wedding fairs, which is essentially a place you go, you usually have to pay money to be there. And it's everyone who has a wedding coming up, go to these places to see different vendors of, you know, flower suppliers, um, you know, marriage celebrants, venues, entertainment, all those kind of things, photographers. And then that's when you have a magician there. And, uh, and so that's almost like a trade show, right? Except for yourself, like you're having to get people interested that are just walking by seeing all these vendors and hope yeah. that what you show them will actually convince them to <laughs> hire you for their, for their wedding. Well, one of the pieces of advice that I give the people that ask me um, how to get into trade shows um, is I often say to them, do you do wedding fairs? Uh, and the reason being is I always recommend that they do wedding fairs because you have to invest your own money, right? So if you're mm-hmm. going to trust a client to invest their money in you, then you need to know that this is going to work for you if you're investing your own money. Okay, so um, why, why would a client you know, spend money on you if you wouldn't be willing to do it on yourself? Did you, just, did you, see, did you see what I mean? So you can yeah. prove it that you can do it because you know it's going to work. So therefore I'm quite comfortable to take a client's investment in, in me because I know it's, it, it's going to work for them. But, you know, wedding fairs are huge here in the UK. I'm actually going to do, because I don't really do many weddings anymore, uh, a little spoiler, I'm actually going to be doing um, a wedding fair masterclass as well, uh, which will be on the, you know, on, on the shop at some point as well, which will be like a 60-minute thing of how to, you know, what to expect, what how to do it, and, you know, how to get work on, on the day from, from wedding fair. So I've got plans for things like that um but but yeah wedding fairs wedding fairs are huge here in the uk um expensive some of them really really expensive the national ones particularly here in the uk you know they're they're very expensive um but if you do them well i think one of the national ones i did once i it was a it was a two-day trade show over uh, sorry a two-day wedding fair over a weekend and i think i walked away on the saturday with 14 confirmed weddings right so um you think you've got 14 deposits Mm. taken on the day uh, plus, obviously, the work that's coming over the next couple of years as well. So they can be very lucrative if you if you if you do them right. Mm. Yeah, I think we're I think just, it, we're all just absorbing that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, it yeah, it makes it makes a lot of interesting points there. But um, just for the sake of time, I think that uh, we've got a couple of questions. Ed asked an interesting one that I could answer uh, whilst I talk about our product that we're reviewing this week. So, what do you guys say we jump mm. into the Piper Magic product review portion? section of the podcast is sponsored by our good friends at pipermagic.com.au australia's premier magic online store and this week we are looking at a really cool product by mr justin miller it is called vanish this is a vanishing deck effect in which you can take seemingly a pack of playing cards and vanish it uh with a single hand and reduce reduce it down to a single playing card so a very interesting gimmick, and for the sake of time, we won't get into the full crux of everything about this because you can see the full review of this on my YouTube channel, and of course, that is shown in the link of this video as well. Now, the key points I just want to talk about with this product is that you can do more than just vanish a deck of playing cards. 
You could also do a transposition of a deck of playing cards. You could also use it as a penetration. You can also use it as a revelation and have like a word either change or appear written on the side of a pack of playing cards. And if you go to the video, you'll see examples of that being done. Now, as far as what you get with this product, you get two gimmicks in each package. One will be a gimmick which reduces down to a single uh, court card, and the other will be one that reduces down to a joker card. So you get two gimmicks, which I think is a pretty cool deal. Um, one of the things that Ed asked in this was that um, he was asking, why is there such a short run of tricks and gimmicks? Um, to answer that, Ed, it's very difficult and time-consuming to make gimmicks of this nature. In fact, Justin explains in the tutorial of this uh, product, he's only going to do like 600 of these. And to my knowledge, there's like 120 left. So it's kind of interesting to reduce, like put something out there on the market that either you have to like bespoke make as people order it or order an abundance of them. And then once they're gone, they're gone. Like it's either something that like you'll either make again or do another run runoff down the track. But when you're making gimmicks, it is an entirely laborious task. Um, so that's why when you do buy something, you want it to be a, a really good quality. So I will say that this gimmick is a great quality gimmick. And you get two of them. So the longevity you get from them is kind of great. Um, and as well as that, in the tutorial, you get some really good ideas from Gregory Wilson, from Adam Wilbur, um, and one more whose name escapes me. But uh, you can see all that as a video tutorial that you can either watch live or download. So I think that if you are someone who is looking at adding some really cool elements to your card magic, this is a really good gimmick for you to take on and implement because in the tutorials it's explained how easily it is to ring this particular gimmick in and out of your routine. So totally worth having a look at. And if you're looking at purchasing it, make sure that you purchase it from pipermagic.com.au and use code PiperGuys, not just for the purchase of this, but the purchase of all of your magic products because it supports us here at Magic Guys and supports the review show. So Thanks for watching. Let's get back to the interview. That was a great review. Right. Yeah. And the link yeah. to Nick's more in-depth review is live now, now that it's uh, 10 a.m. here in Australia. Yeah. But What's the review? It's really funny. It's funny. Okay. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch <laughs> Lots it. Of jokes. So I, I only, so after Nick reviewed um, Overdraft, I did order it and it took a little while to, for me to get a copy. So I'm looking forward to learning that this week. It's going to be my fun thing to then try out. Nice. Hey, yours, yours looks a little shinier than mine. Maybe it's. Oh the, yeah. Mine's got, I've got like uh, some units. So this is a new one. <laughs> here, so, uh, yeah. Nice. And, and so are you going to have things like that available on your Shopify store as well? Yeah, so I'll have um, uh, I'll have units as long as they're available. Uh, technically, I've got units available now. So if you was to um, email me or contact me, you, you know, you, you you're more than welcome to um, purchase units for um, any of my tricks that, that are out now. So um, you can email me info at paulfowlermagic.co.uk or info at thebrandmagician.co.uk. Either one, um, they'll both come through to me, assuming that my Google account isn't down. So yeah, uh, great. <laughs> And again, his web, uh, Paul's website is in the link below. You guys can find that. Um, so yeah, from here, I guess to look from Paul, look out for Paul. We've got you've got the uh, trade show course. You've got products coming out. Uh, you've tempted us with a couple of releases coming out, and some that are out already. 
You're doing so much, man. I mean, what's uh, what does this year look like for you? Are you sort of like when you're creating magic, are you sort of uh, easing up on the gigs because of the time that has to go into that or you're just kind of finding a flow doing it all? Yeah, again, it's, it's, it's trying to find a balance. So there was, there was a period this year where I was kind of really focused on on creating magic, um, you know, and making prototypes and that type of thing. And I realized it was kind of detracting me away from actually getting um, physical paid gig work. Um you know, although you can you can make you know money from creating magic, a lot of the time it's going to be more in the future. So, what I try and do now is have that balance of short term income and long term income as well to make sure that you know with the products product that I create now, you know, might not be released for a couple of years. So you have to be mindful of that. But I, I just try and get a balance right now, and um, uh, you know, I, I can't really force creativity as well. Um, I've tried, I'm sure other creators have tried as well, and it is it's really difficult to do. So I tend to get inspired by things or something will pop into my head. A lot of the time it will be an idea that comes from doing a gig or a frustration. Um, and then if I feel the idea is good enough, I'll run with it. Some of the ideas aren't good. You know, I'll even make prototypes and then they just you don't work in the real world or um, a magic dealer won't be interested in them. So, um, you know, I might send in over the course of six months, 10 ideas, and only one of those might, you know, turn into anything so uh so yeah but i i have to get the balance right definitely have to get the balance right you know paul i used to be in a band before i was uh, a magician what did you do before you were a magician did you do any other hobbies or anything cool of that nature uh so i used to play drums in, in a band years ago as well right so um it was pretty much well we called ourselves a heavy metal band but we were pretty much just a metallica tribute band right that that was pretty I much love it. that nice <laughs> you have a double uh, kick and like like the yeah, double kick that that was, um, yeah, proper Lars Ulrich stuff, you know, like drum That's solos awesome. and stuff like that. But I was, uh, um, that was a short period of my life. That was like a, a couple of years or so. Um, and I had a lot of hobbies when I was a bit younger. Um, and I was good at a lot of different things. Um, and then I, I kind of looked at them and thought, you know, what can I push um, to potentially make money from in the future, but also get better at? And magic was just naturally something that, um, but I realized that, you know, I really enjoyed doing and that I could get better at and eventually, you know, hopefully, well, make a living from which I'm now doing. That's amazing. Hey, look, I think that's all we have time for because, we you know, we don't want to keep Paul up all night um, in the UK. So we want to thank you for coming on, my friend, and everyone check out all of Paul's products. Sign up to his mailing list so you can be sent a free uh, download effect in the next 48 hours. Get access to his upcoming projects for everyone else and i think we're going to hand over the final word to paul so thank you for watching guys and we're going to leave you with paul's wise words so if you are a magician working uh, professionally or semi-professionally more so professionally you owe it to yourself to add some kind of creativity to what you do. Yes, you can make a very good living from, you know, performing your, your Omni decks, your, your ring flights, your bottle free tables, which are very popular tricks to perform. Um, and there's no reason you can't do those, but just add something of your own, some element of yours, whether it's presentation, whether it's a gag, or, you know, create your own tricks where you can. I'm not saying you need to reinvent the wheel, but add something of who you are to what you're doing. You will feel better as a performer, you'll become less complacent when you're performing and you will overall um, develop more of a character 
and your your own style as as a magician so um try and add a little bit of yourself and your own creativity in any creativity into any magic that you do those are my words thanks for listening it's time for us to disappear now disappear now but we'll see you again on the next episode of the magic guys